Did Apple bite off more than they can chew with their reality headset? Could Google stay on track with Apple's AirTags? And does the new Mac Mini pack a punch? With all that and more, we unveil it in this week's episode of Stern's Tech Talk. That is correct. We have a lot of awesome news for you guys. The last week has been a major one for Apple. I know that I and JD, especially JD, are pretty excited about what Apple has brought to the table. Um, before that, we did want to give you guys an update on our predictions from last week about who would win the divisional. JD almost got a home run on this one. He got three out of four. Uh, I think I got just one right. Uh, the teams that will move on to the conference championships will be KC. Bengals, Eagles, and the 49ers. Uh, I mean, it makes sense. He's had a lot of experience with watching football for the last 20 or so years, and I only just started last year, so uh, hats off to you, sir. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, Jacksonville almost pulled that one off. So They did. Um, I felt bad, I was, bad I was for Trevor. I was by that. I, and honestly, it was partly a prediction, partly just me wanting to see Jacksonville take out KC. So. Uh, they were great games this this past weekend, so I'm really excited to see what comes uh, this next weekend. Um, with me, I'll probably take Cincinnati. That one's I'm really confident about that one. And then as far as the Eagles and the Niners, that one I'm not really sure about. I really think that's I kind of I've been pegging that one to kind of be a pre Super Bowl Super Bowl because it's 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 a really tough matchup, and I guess I would. It's almost like I'm. Not even really sure which one because it's so close. So I would guess I'd give it a little bit of an edge to the Eagles, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Niners pulled it off. So uh, I, officially, I pick Philly. <laughs> uh, well, actually, yeah, I was going to kind of say the opposite of what you originally had. I was going to say that KC and um, Cincy, those were, that was going <laughs> to be the, just, the pick that was going to be. This is like, what got you into trouble last week. <laughs> well, it is. But no, this is the thing. Like, I was actually thinking about this earlier today, and okay. uh, I was like, I was telling my wife, I feel like since he and KC would be the hard one, I feel like the Eagles would win on that one. I, I feel confident they would win, actually, over um, 49ers. So, But you're, you're probably right. You'll probably win this one. <laughs> but we'll see. So. so you do have KC and Philly? No. Well, well if I was going to say who would win on the uh, AFC – See that that was the one that it's hard for me, but I, I'm gonna probably say KC. Okay, yeah, but we'll see. I mean, yeah. So with that, we'll actually get right into the news for this week. Um, and just as a preface, we did try to give some variety to this show, but uh, with a lot of these products being released from Apple, uh, it was kind of hard not for it to be a uh, an Apple episode. So. Uh, but we'll get started off with uh, Google. So um, for the last 10 years, we've actually seen a growing number of people using trackers to help locate lost items. Uh, Tile had been the ultimate pioneer, and then Apple seemingly became the perfecter. Hmm. Uh, however, now we have rumors based on OS coding that Google will be the next company to introduce their version of AirTags, or at least so it hints, because um, right. we also know that Samsung is kind of on the horizon. Yeah, so this product could be quite effective considering that there are 3 billion active Android users that Google could essentially use to its advantage in competing against the mass-produced AirTags. Um, so that's pretty. they're going to work essentially the same way as the AirTags do, kind of feeding off of 
Bluetooth on an Android phone. They kind of upload their their uh, geolocation and allow you to see where that item is. So, okay, I think it's really good because um, aside from Tile, Android really didn't have too many products that it could use no. to you know track. And I'm actually, it's not just for the competition, but I'm actually interested to see how well uh, Google executes this. So, yeah, I mean that's a great addition there. I'm glad they've they've added that because I was kind of hoping when Google was actually going to officially do that. Uh, there, yeah, it was expected. I yeah, it was expected. I, I mean, I knew it was going to happen eventually, but I'm I'm glad it, at least we're seeing that now because they seem to be kind of. It seems like now, like now that you've said that, I'm really thinking like they're almost balancing each other out in a sense, like. We heard rumors. Yeah, Apple's they're not afraid to actually but... see what Apple, what, what the other company is yeah. doing, and then kind of repeat it in their own, you know, ecosystem. So yeah, so that's good. We'll have to see how that works out. Uh, on the next one, we got our list uh, today is the HomePod, and this is where we uh, um, really get into the um, main Apple news. And uh, this is the HomePod uh, second generation, and uh, no one's gotten really a hold on it yet. But I'll just break down the specs right here. It does have the uh, four-inch high extrusion woofer. Um, it has two less uh, loaded tweeters than the last one, and each tweeter has its own neodymium magnet. Uh, it does have advanced computational audio with system sensing for real-time tuning, and it has room sensing. Um, and then spatial audio with Dolby Atmos for music and video. And... Uh, stereo pair capable, so I'll, I'll, yeah. a lot of so major you can use it like on a TV set. Yeah, yeah, and I actually did watch the uh, the the video uh, showcasing it, and it it looked pretty good. I I do have my own opinions as far as differences between the original one and this one. For example, they have the exact same price. I mean, you saw when they first released it, there really wasn't a whole lot of success with it, so they had to drop the price from three fifty to three hundred still wasn't that successful so they discontinued it in my opinion honestly it's it's okay i think it's it's definitely better in terms of uh specs and quality in that sense i just think like i feel like you could decrease the price a little bit more i think then users would be able to get into the sort of home pod a little bit more but i mean that's just my own thoughts about it but yeah i think i'll actually um I think I'll do my own testing, really. I'd like to get the HomePod yeah. Mini oh, sure. again and then actually get another HomePod uh, second generation and just kind of see how that sounds because uh, I, th I think the, I think the price is worth uh, seeing the differences if there, you know, is anything noticeable, which it sounds like there should be. Yeah, it does. But that's quite a that's quite a noticeable price for me. I, th I think I, I, I get where you're coming from. I really feel like that uh, $200 difference between the second-gen HomePod and the Mini is, is definitely worth seeing what the audio uh, discrepancies are, where they improved on the bigger speaker, um, and if it is worth buying uh, over the smaller one, because I, I actually had them in the past, and I, I like them. Um, I don't really think they were worth keeping, technically, but uh, I think that's because I have Sonos, so... I'm a little more. Yeah, you're a little more advanced. <laughs> Immersed. <laughs> yes. So uh, one thing to note is if you do buy that HomePod and you've enabled advanced data protection on iOS 16.3, which actually was released uh, today, Monday, um, from Apple, included some 
minor updates, wallpaper, bug fixes, and some other minor improvements. So you could run into a problem with updating it and potentially pairing it. So uh, that was something that was brought to our attention via Mark Gurman. We'll actually post a link for you in the description below directing you um, towards Apple's website for their support on how to mitigate that issue, uh, which is pretty simple. You just plug it into either a Mac or a PC. Um, and if you're on a PC, you just uh, open up iTunes and then go from there. So something worth noting if, if you kind of run into that trouble and wondering what the heck do I do, uh, that should definitely be able to help you out. Next thing we're actually moving on to is uh, not really a product that was released from Apple, is the MacBook Air for the M3. Uh, this one could actually be running on a 3 nanometer chipset uh, and actually boosting performance along with uh, power efficiency. So something that we've heard rumored from Ming-Chi Kuo uh, that the 14 and 16 inch MacBook Pro would also be updated with a 3 nanometer M3 Pro and M3 Max chip in 2024, which is obvious based on Apple's timeline. Um, but I'm actually looking forward to seeing what this MacBook Air can do later on in the year. Um, I'm not sure if you actually were a big fan of the previous MacBook Air changes with the M2 or if you're just kind of indifferent about that. I'm kind of indifferent. I mean, not really a lot of people don't like the notch. It. I'm like, I really don't care. Well, now there's, isn't there, there's face ID or there will be face ID on this next one, right? Okay. Well, that's what I, I heard, but I guess maybe not. I don't know. Oh, okay. That would be cool. That would, but yeah. But I mean, yeah, I mean, nothing extremely amazing, but the fact that they're dropping down to a three nanometer processor is yeah. uh, pretty impressive, especially pretty with good. the A17, uh, which is expected to be in the iPhone 15 Pro models uh, later this year. Yeah, that is good. I haven't really been following uh, the Air that much, though, but uh, at least they are making updates uh, to it. So that that is good to hear. Uh, yeah, they're trying to make it relevant. So, yep. Yep. And then moving along uh, with that, we do have some information from Mac Rumors about uh, Apple's mixed reality headset. Um, and it turns out it will have features similar to iOS. Not exactly a shocker, but um, it would integrate functions close to that of an iPhone and an iPad while also being able to utilize a user's Mac display. We also have uh, more info. Uh, that Apple is not going to be utilizing any controllers at all. Instead, the outside of the VR headset will be using cameras and sensors to indicate hand movement and gestures. Um, Apple is also working with Disney Plus and uh, with the bonus of using Apple TV Plus so users can watch movies and shows from their headset. Um, and to move on with, to kind of go along with the iPhone and iPad stuff, you'll be able to use Face ID, messages, you know, all the stuff that you normally be able to use on your um, iPhone and such. So uh, that's pretty much all we had in terms of the headset. Again, I wasn't really shocked by this info because I assumed that um, Apple was already going to uh, integrate, you know, iOS in a sense. To, I guess the one thing that is kind of major is the, you know, hand gestures and stuff without any controllers. But. That's really what threw me there because we've we've seen that uh, integrated into previous operating systems, not even Apple. Uh, this, this was something that came along with the Google and their whole entire hand gestures on the Pixel line. And so 
I'm. I, I thought you were going to talk about the uh, Microsoft Connect thing, the Xbox Connect. I thought that's what you were going to mention. Yeah, but that wasn't that bad, was it? Not really. This would ha- this would literally have to be so precise in terms of your finger movement. That's what I mean. Like, I mean, it really has to, and that's the that's the other thing is is they have to have a processor that's you know really on par. Which I know Apple can do that. It's just going to cost but, a lot more money um, than we thought. Probably it is this. Yeah, and I I think I think that price expectation is going to be um, either on par or above what we're we're anticipating here. It's really hard Maybe to say because it's going to be into. Yeah, I thought I, th- I thought we were going to hit a high. Uh, I thought the high was going to be about two thousand, but it might start. I thought the high. I can't remember. What, I, I I think we brought it up on a previous episode. I think it was yeah. going to be around maybe fifteen to seventeen on the low end, and then I I felt I felt like it was going to hit around twenty three, somewhere right. in there possibly. Maybe I'm wrong, but um, who knows? We could be hitting twenty five, maybe twenty eight, from what it sounds like uh, out of all that you know this technology is expected to. Uh, introduce um, with this headset so yeah I read that article or at least part of it and um, it's it's you're you should be able to switch between the AR and the VR which allows you to like you said work with the Mac OS or display it on there really cool stuff I like it Um, I just feel like I know oh sorry go ahead no go ahead okay I just feel like maybe Apple's biting off more than they can chew Maybe just a little bit. That is so ironic. Because <laughs> their Apple logo is literally a bite. Your Apple is, but yeah, the Apple yeah. is actually biting off more than it can chew the fruit. Okay, I'm sorry. I took that. That was like an unintended pun that just went out the door. Yeah, it did. I wasn't even intending for it. So then I realized what I said. I know. But yeah. I know. Yeah, I'm just not really sure how popular this would be because a lot of people would be having to dig deep into their in their pockets to actually purchase one of these suckers. Yeah, I mean, it's just these things are going to be. I don't know. Maybe, maybe this might be another Apple Watch Ultra where it was lower than expected. But let's face it, based on what we're seeing here on these articles, I think it's going to be a, a big number, and I'm yeah, not really is. too impressed by that because I would rather have something that uh, competes in the same line as even just the sec- second generation Sony headset, which is, from what I've heard, is it, pretty impressive. Uh, that mm-hmm. they released here or announced uh, at, uh, I think it was CES that they announced that. So, uh, Speaking of CES, though, uh, we did have something that, there was so much that went on during that event, and we didn't really have a chance to break it all down. Some of this stuff is kind of just trickling along uh, from episode to episode. But uh, Samsung had some concepts for future foldables, um, that were revealed, and one of them that was, I felt like was really impressive was the flex in and out display. So evidently, this model is actually supposed to not just fold, but actually slide, and it's paired with the ability to fold in a 360 degree manner, but also have a sliding uh, screen off to the side. So this is this is actually a pretty impressive concept. Uh, I think they've labeled it as like the flex hybrid. I don't think anything was necessarily said as to whether this concept would actually hit the mainstream, but um, even if it doesn't, just the fact that they're toying around with this is pretty impressive. Yeah, and the cameras, it looks like it's on like the front, and they're in a, like a weird triangular shape. That is like, it's not really been done like that before, but man, that is no. incredible. Yeah, I, I think it's pretty impressive. Um, 
obviously we'll have the link in the description. Yeah. Um, and there's a, when you read the article, uh, that first sentence will have a CES, Samsung, both highlighted. And then it also has both fold and slide highlighted. Hit, click that link and it'll actually bring you to a YouTube video that, that highlights what that device can do. And um, Sick. I don't know. It's it is yeah it's it's like, it's just got, I don't even have any it's words got to something different that, to it, but it, it's 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 a combination of um, it's uh, like you were saying it's that combination of the LG rollable with your average flippable device plus the fact that it can go backwards all the way on its axis so yeah um, I'm glad Samsung's taking this stride for sure I mean just to see that is like shows you how far we've come they just keep on going yeah yep. so. That's incredible. Well, I don't know if we can top that, but uh, we might be able to here. Uh, we'll try. Moving on to the next thing here, and this is in regards to the Mac Mini. Um, first off, this thing is packed to the brim with some exciting upgrades and additional features. Uh, I think I speak for a lot of people when I say that we are thoroughly impressed with the new capability of this Mini. Um, the actual keynote began with showing us tech tubers and creators displaying their amusement with this model. The reality is that this Mini packs a punch when it comes to performance. So we'll begin with the memory. The new Mini now has a bigger expansion memory going from 16 gigabytes to 24 gigabytes of DDR5 and an 8-core CPU, which is 18% faster than the Mac Mini M1, and now up to a 10-core GPU, which is 35% faster than its predecessor as well. Um, this also has a 40% faster neural engine. So from what they say and what these specs seem to indicate is that it doesn't matter what kind of mainstream pro codec you're using. It runs incredibly smooth. I mean, I'm sure you saw like the videos on how just amazingly incredibly this performance was. Um, yeah, and that wasn't even the MacBooks yet. So this is... No, we're not yeah, even at the I MacBooks. Mean, <laughs> no. Um, yeah. And then... It does has two additional USB-C ports, which I know you're very oh, excited about. <laughs> yeah, I was actually really excited to see that. Uh, the sad part was is that when I found out you had to upgrade to the M2 Pro to receive those two extra Thunderbolt ports, uh, I was a little bit um, a little bit irked by that just because I was hoping that they would offer that at the base model, you know, with a $500 price tag which means that you'd actually have to spend $1,300 to actually get those two extra ports. So, and I think a lot of that has to do with the M2 Pro series and how it's able to drive those extra ports. So all in all, I have mixed feelings about that. I am glad that they're considering, you know, the difficulty of having two less ports. But at the end of the day, I, I understand the, the technology behind it. So it's annoying. Yeah. It is annoying, but moving on. Um, yeah, so that was it in terms of uh, upgrades. Um, the Mac Mini with the M2 does start at just five ninety nine, and if you are a student, you get a hundred dollars off of it, which brings it to five hundred. Just saying that out loud is unreal. I mean, I tested JD's M1 Mac Mini, and that thing is faster than anything I've ever used. But now you have that M2 chip in there in a low price tag. It's just amazing to me. Um, but it doesn't just stop there with the M2. We also have the M2 Pro. Yeah, we do have the M2 Pro, and uh, it actually has up to four additional cores and up to nine additional graphics cores, which is a little odd. No pun intended, actually. <laughs> but the fact that they actually gave you an odd number of GPU cores, I just thought, like, 
that doesn't normally happen but hey no i guess that extra that extra gpu core instead of 18 you're getting 19 so <laughs> yeah. um but uh they do give you up to four additional terabytes of storage on those models and then you get up to 32 gigs over 24 gigs of ram on the m2 versus the m2 pro so I'm really impressed by this stuff. The fact that they gave us uh, two additional Thunderbolt ports, they gave us the option to have an M2 Pro in a Mac Mini is uh, just as impressive. And the the M2 Pro actually starts at $1,300, which it's up there. Um, but that's really if you want to get some big-time use and you don't want to go to, like, a MacBook or even like a, a studio. Yeah, it's still so, worth it because it's way smaller, like compact, and you're getting about the same as you would in a MacBook. So, I mean, it's. I mean, I have to tell you, it's. I love my Mac Mini. Uh, it's it's the first Mac, Mac that Mini I've too. ever actually owned, and ca- yeah, I'm sure you do. It's the first one that I've actually owned and kept um, because I've tested a lot of Macs in yeah. the past, and this one I, I just use as. Um, just a daily runner for um, my Plex server. So it does a great job. And then obviously Riley and I use it for rendering and stuff for our show. Mm-hmm. So um, the fact that they're dropping it $100 is so impressive because it's going back to 2005 when Steve Jobs announced the first Mac Mini. And that was at 499 So we're $100 above where we started. Yeah over 15 years ago almost 20 and the specs have so, com- drastically increased it's amazing yeah. it really is impressive and all in that little compact body is just uh just something to revel in and uh all the the performance that it can give you so um there were actually when i was on um youtube and other social media there were actually people that were a little irritated that they didn't update the design and i thought to myself i'm like I really don't see the... Re- this This I is a timeless yeah. computer. The design, it's streamlined, it's basic, it's compact. There's no need to mess with it. Um, so I think one of them... <laughs> I, I don't really like calling people out, but um, Apple Insider, Sam, he was kind of a little disappointed by it, and I just had to kind of disagree with him. I was just like, I really don't see the point in actually up- updating the design because in that sense it could force you to raise the price instead of lower it. Yes. And you're you're giving the consumer out there the ability to get on the ground floor of owning a Mac. And I just feel like that's a major... Um, I feel like that's a pivotal point in competition against other uh, computers out there and desktops. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, I also think, like... I mean, you see that every time when Apple changes the slightest thing from a notch to a dynamic island it's like a hundred dollar two hundred dollar increase and it's like every time they change an external feature or even even sometimes an internal feature which makes sense that there is that price hike and yeah i totally agree with you right there jd it's like they're boosting performance and the, decreasing exactly. price I mean, who expects that that is not the trend right so it's like, uh, and, and the other thing that people have to keep in mind is that there are so many big-time companies out there that use these as servers. Yes, exactly. And when you change the design, you have like a whole rack of these Mac Minis that the rack is worthless. You have to redesign everything and update it to the new design of a Mac Mini. And so 
it's the, people have to remember that kind of stuff. Yeah, and, and let's say that you know the price doesn't go up. That Mac Mini, the way that it's looked, has stood true for the last what fifteen years or so, ten years. Something yeah, like I mean, that. there's yeah, I would say closer to about ten years because that's when we've kind of gotten okay. um, more to the flat design versus somewhat part of a cube. Yeah, so I'm, I mean, it's changed every now and then, but not to its actual core, you know, look and appearance in a sense, right? So yeah. it's like, yeah, I the reason to like change it right now, I don't see it at all. And honestly, if you're looking at it from an exterior perspective and on interior, I think there's a little something wrong with you. <laughs> Because this, the, I, yeah, the I think the interior is, is what matters more to people. Uh, I mean, versus, I mean, the only thing I really cared about, like I said, was the I/O. Yeah. But um, if you're if you're just trying to change it, one commenter said that if you're just trying to change it for the sake of changing, don't do it. You exactly. know, the old the old mantra says, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I was just gonna and, say um, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't really care that it didn't come in a different color or anything like that. Oh yeah. Of the time it's just on the desk, looking nice. So. Don't even notice it. You're mostly fo- like if you have a MacBook, you probably care more about the color. But if it's just to the side, no one's really gonna look at it a whole lot. Then you're gonna pay attention really to your 32 inch ultra oh, wide yeah, screen. Oh yeah, for so. sure. <laughs> the like 6K, <laughs> like right. Yeah, but yeah. Moving on to the MacBook. Yep. Sorry. And uh, yeah, you're good. And I'll say this: um, I'm actually not as excited about this one. I mean, don't get me wrong. I am still impressed with Apple's strides to improve their models year in and year out. And I'm quite pleased with what they have here with all the updates and such. But I do think that that Mini was the train on top, at least for the beginning of this year. Um, Absolutely. I think it exceeded Apple's expectations. This right here was to be expected. It is the standard. And that's kind of where I differ from these two. Again, not hating on this device, um, but I just did want to put my own two cents in it. I don't know if you had any other different thoughts before we get the specs here no i mean these 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 stepping stones are expected from apple based on what they're doing with their m series i really don't think that there's anything you know too shocking about you know these strides like you said that they're making so yeah um so we'll go ahead and right into the uh, specs here so with the m2 pro we start with a 10 core cpu and a 16 core gpu you get 16 gigs of unified memory and a 512 ssd storage uh it has a 15 core neural engine and for the external features, it does have three Thunderbolt 4 ports, HDMI port, and an SDXC card slot. Um, does have a headphone jack and obviously the MagSafe 3 port. This will start at $19.99, and then for an extra $500, you can get a 12-core CPU and a 19-core GPU um, with another 500 gigabytes to get you to one terabyte of uh, solid-state drive storage. Yeah, there's a lot there. They give you a lot of variants and configurations oh, yeah. to work with, which is which is good because it, it customizes it to the user's uh, preference. Yeah, and actually, just to add what you were saying, actually, this is where I am okay with there being multiple variants for a device, right? Because, yes. like... It's internal performance. Yes, it's multiple different steps, but you can choose which one of those you want on your device instead of being multiple devices that go into different steps. Like, this is the way that exactly. I agree with Apple doing this right here. So the SSD, the cores, the memory. The, the sky is virtually the limit. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So you continue to have that 12-core uh, CPU with the M2 Max. Uh, I think you were mentioning that the Pro ends you can get it in a 12 core configuration but it doesn't yes actually you can get in 12 core. that's there. the next yeah. step up yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. Versus I think the M one pro and pro max, they started at an eight and then ended at a 10. Yep. Uh, storage configurations really haven't changed. You can get it up to eight terabytes. Uh, the Ram, however, that has changed. You can get it up to 96 gigs of Ram versus 64. Radical. I think you would blow through so much rendering with that crap. Oh, I... I <laughs> just just imagine how much you could just do, the programs you could have open, all the stuff that would be in the back. I mean, JD uh, these, tends these to things have, get like, up to, what, 70 tabs open at once just to show off to me sometimes? I am a... Yeah, he I'm a loves tab to I keep just, tabs open. He's like our mom. I like to keep tabs on people. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, and these run at 200 gigabits memory bandwidth. So really impressive specs here. And then I think the only, it was a decent bump. I wouldn't say it's amazing, was you get uh, six additional graphics cores as a max, uh, 38 versus 32 on the previous M1 series. Uh, mm-hmm. Outside of that, uh, you're still continuing to get the 16 core neural engine yep 1080p facetime camera their speakers are uh just industry leading in my opinion i love them yeah. uh, on some of the macs that i tried out very impressive so yeah the only thing i did want to mention uh or at least hit on for future macs and actually this applies to iphones and ipads is that uh we can expect some improvements on the displays Per Mark Gurman, they are actually working on, Apple's actually working on their micro-LED technology. Uh, They've been working on this for quite a few years, and we are expecting to have that hit Apple Watch Ultra in 2024. And then from there on, it's going to expand to the iPhone, the iPad, and then eventually the Mac. So um, that's something I'm actually looking forward to just because I I always like to see the, the displays improve. Um, oh, yeah. You know, years ago we had the LCDs, and then we moved over to the Retina displays. So things are definitely looking up as far as um, the whole screen real estate, and I'm looking forward to seeing the micro LED take its place in in Apple's portfolio. So, all that said, we do hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. Feel free to like, subscribe, share, as well as comment down below if you're listening on YouTube. Uh, we're always interested to hear your thoughts and opinions on the topics we cover for each episode. Uh, You can always also catch us on Twitter and Facebook, and we'll definitely be back next week for more news and updates. This is J.D. and Riley signing off. Peace out.